0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Repotted Podcast presented by Rerouted. Rerouted is an online marketplace where people can buy and sell used outdoor gear. If you have gear to sell, please check out our app, the Rerouted app, on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. If you're shopping for gear, check us out online, rerouted.co. That's R E R O U T E D.co. Now, on to the Repotted Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome. To the Repot It podcast presented by Rerouted. I'm your host, as always, Brian Schoning. And we are doing a launching a new series right now about authors in the outdoor industry and some new some new releases. And we have with us today Christine Reed, author of Alone in Wonderland. Christine, how's it going? Best day ever. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on. We are so excited to be chatting with you. Uh, I was telling you before we got on here uh, that I'm I'm not much of a recreational reader, you could say, but uh, you know, a couple of uh, last week when I was preparing for this podcast. I sat down and I opened your book and I read like 180 pages straight. And I haven't done that since I was, you know, in high school reading Harry Potter or something. And, uh, and I just, I wanted to wanted to let you know that, that it was, it was awesome. Anybody that, uh, that wants to check it out should, should do so. You're going to hear a little bit more about it, uh, in this podcast, and then, uh, you'll be able to purchase it on the rerouted site. Um, Christine is actually gonna, gonna help out co-hosting some of our other episodes of this podcast as well which we're we're super super stoked about that. Um, Christine, when did you realize that you wanted to be an author? It's an, it's an interesting career path um, and and I'm just I'm, I'm curious uh, when when you made that decision
1: um, the last day I was hiking the Wonderland Trail, I thought I should write a book about this. Um, and that was kind of the moment of decision. Um, I get asked a lot if I've wanted to write my whole life. And, and I've definitely been a very passionate reader my whole life. And I've been interested in the idea of writing, but it had never really occurred to me to actually sit down and try to write something until, until I hiked the Wonderland Trail. And I thought, I think I really have a story to tell here.
0: Did you always feel like a natural writer? I know that I know that some people you can you can really, really work at writing and you can get good at writing. But I know that for some people kind of speaking in that voice on paper um, comes pretty naturally. Uh, did Did you feel that way when when you were younger or was this something that as you were writing it, you kind of developed because it it comes across very very clearly in in your voice and it and it's very well written so i i just i'm I'm curious if that was something that you worked on a lot or if it if it's come naturally to you
1: um yeah i hesitate to say yes because i don't know doesn't that sound a little full of myself but i i I asked the question (laughs) and
0: it's it's technically a yes or no question so if if yes is the answer that yeah
1: Um, Yeah, I would say it has come naturally to me. Um, In school growing up, you know, we learned different writing things and we would write essays and turn them in. And I very, very rarely edited or even looked at things after I wrote them before turning them in. I would just write it in, hand it in. And honestly, that experience made the writing a book process a little more challenging because you really can't do that when you write a book. And I didn't really know how to edit, so I had to like learn as I was going a little bit. Not necessarily how to write, but how to make my writing better. It's okay to
0: turn in a a one a one draft paper in high school and get a, a ninety five on it instead of a hundred. But um, you know, when it when it comes to something like this, that's you know going to live on forever, and it's and it's you know a, a memoir of of this experience for you. Um, yeah, a lot, little, little <laughs> bit more, little bit more riding there. Um, the composition of this book is really interesting. You flip back and forth between kind of your growth over the past decade and, and some experiences leading up to, uh, the Wonderland trail, and then a day by day recount of that trip. First of all, it, makes the reader feel like they really get to know you. I was, I was telling you that it was funny coming into this interview because I, I feel like I know you from this book and there's, you know, there's no way to, to put your full story in, in, you know, 250, 250 pages. Um, but you make a pretty efficient use of, of that space. And, and I think you tell your story really well by this kind of back and forth, um, retelling of that experience and some of your others, how did, How did that composition style kind of come to you?
1: Um, It was definitely like a, it just made sense kind of thing. And it's funny because I'm working on a second book now and I'm really struggling with how to format it. Um, and, and for Alone in Wonderland, it just kind of, it seemed like the only way. And as I did it, it fit together really well. And I didn't really explore other options. (laughs) Um, I think part of it is that the trail took me 11 days. Um, and so I was able to create one chapter out of each day on the trail. And that really made sense. Um, and allowed me to give like a pretty detailed telling, which was nice. And then of course I wanted to include other, Parts of my life story and kind of why I was hiking the trail and and who I was as a person, because that's what really makes a trail story interesting. Um and rather than trying to kind of shoehorn um flashbacks and past tense story into the like, I was walking along the trail and I saw a bird and it made me think of blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I tell you this story. Um, I thought, you know, if I can just tell almost like two, two timelines, um, and keep them separated in a way that's clear and that people can understand, okay, now we're in the past. Now we're in the present, um, that I could give a full story arc to both of those stories.
0: It was awesome. So here, here's the thing is exactly how you were how you were describing there, you kind of get to experience two different stories at the same time you know you you're hearing this kind of lead up and and your growth and then you're hearing this day by day recount and every time you get to like okay we're on we're on day six now we're going to hear about this specific you know this specific stretch of trail and and what went on during this day and then you you switch to chapter seven and and you're hearing about you know an experience from a couple of years ago in your in your preparation for for the appalachian trail i so i don't i don't know if those are i don't i don't have the chapters in front of me so i don't don't quote me on that um (laughs) but i that brings up your experience in 2015 on on the appalachian trail you decided to hike that almost on a whim 2000, 2000 plus miles and something that you shared in in this book is how you know you were experiencing a lot of disbelief from the people around you and that, and that seemed to drive you a lot. Do you think your experience would have been different? Do you think you would have gone through with it if you had had kind of this full support or did that, did that disbelief really make you feel like you needed to, you needed to prove it to everybody around you that you were, you were capable of doing this thing?
1: Um, I think that it was definitely a a measure of defiance, um, in that my parents did not understand why someone would want to walk 2000 miles. And it was not something that like I was raised to consider doing. i had never heard of the Appalachian trail and I didn't know anything about backpacking. I had very, very little day hiking experience. Um, I didn't really enjoy going outside, (laughs) And I was just at a point in my life where I I wanted to be about something. I wanted to find something to give me drive and passion and to be excited about. And I just hadn't had that in a couple of years. And when I read about the AT, I found some blogs about it online while I was at work one day. And I was just like, oh my gosh, these people are like on fire about this trail. And if it's that great, like I want to know what they're experiencing that I'm missing out on. Um, and then I think, you know, I kind of decided like in that minute, like I'm going to do this. And then I immediately went and told my mom about it and her sort of just like stunned disbelief was definitely a motivating factor. It was, you know, the, the challenge of like, especially my parents who have told me my entire life, I can do anything. I set my mind to, (laughs) I loved that (laughs) dynamic of you can do everything you set your mind to, but your mom's like, What? Like, like, why what are Would you be Why? <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and my parents had really always told me like, you can do anything. You're super capable. You're smart. Like you have so many opportunities in this world. And, and when I came home and said, that's what I want to do. And both of them were just like, but you're going to like quit your job and like, go, <laughs> just go be out in the woods. And I was like, so yeah, definitely there, I guess it wasn't like disapproval so much as just confusion and maybe doubt that I was capable um led me down that path you know maybe a little harder than i would have gone but i think if they had been really supportive i probably still would have wanted to go cuz i had other motivations too
0: <laughs> yeah of course and so you completed 658 miles 655 mm-hmm. miles somewhere somewhere right around there of of the 2000 and and you you at that point you shared i could do this for another Four or five months, whatever. It's like, but I've sort of gotten out of it. What I think I I needed to get out of it, and and you decided to um to stop. It brings up a a really interesting point that I think about a lot. Where you know, not making destination to destination when you're on an outdoor trip does not mean it doesn't mean failure. It doesn't mean that you didn't learn or get out of the trip what you needed to. Um, it just means that the trip started and it maybe ended at a different point than you initially thought. And there's there's this idea of like, oh, well, one of the people on the trail, you shared the experience and and they were like, oh, 25%. And you share this really, really funny inner thought. You're like, actually much closer to 30. Uh, and I, I loved that because it was it was. It was so real. <laughs> that was, that was, that was so real. And I just, this, this idea that just because you're not making, you know, point A to point B of your initial, you know, on a whim plan, it doesn't mean that, you know, the tri- that you didn't accomplish what you needed to accomplish On the trip. And I think that that was, that was really, really special to find out, you know, you, you hear that you didn't complete it before you find out that, um, you know, sorry, I'm spoiling things now. I, I told you that I was, I told you that I was, I told you that I was going to try, try not to spoil it, but you, but you hear about, you know, oh, oh, so she didn't, she didn't make it all the way then. And you, you know, that you're going to find out later on, um, the story, but to, but to hear your, your growth and that that was just, what you needed out of the trip um, I, I guess I don't know exactly what I'm what I'm trying to ask you, but how how do you how do you look at you you obviously don't look at that trip as a failure um, and kind of speak to to that
1: a little bit yeah. I think there's a funny thing only through hikers would scoff at 650 miles of hiking. (laughs) And I think it's definitely a cultural thing, right? Like I could go walk up to anyone on the street and say, I hiked 650 miles and they'd be like, wow, that's amazing. You know, and it's a huge accomplishment. And just because I said, I would like to hike 2,186 miles and I only made it 650 doesn't mean that that was a failure. It means that I had other priorities at that moment and they're, were other reasons for me to do other things than to continue walking on this trail. Um, And I think it's so easy to feel like a failure when you go into some huge endeavor and you only make it part way. Um, but one of the things that Zach Davis talks about in Appalachian Trials, if you want to go like old school <laughs> trail stuff, um, he says one of the things you should do before you go out on the trail is decide why you're doing it. And you should write those things down. And if the things that you're trying to accomplish are an amazing physical feat of hiking to exactly 2,186 miles, then like that's one of your reasons for being there, but it wasn't one of my reasons for being there. My reasons for hiking the Appalachian trail were really about asserting my independence and learning who I was and doing something physically challenging and, and proving that I could do that. And I do feel like after 650 miles, I had achieved those things that I set out to achieve. And I had family things happening external to the trail that when I really thought about, like, do I need to be here right now hiking these miles to continue to prove the thing that I'm already proving? Or should I go home and spend time with my dad who needs me right now? And, and I weighed those things and I decided I had gotten what I came for from the experience and it was time for me to go home. So I just think it's important to remember your why. Um, And in that book, in Appalachian Trials, The why is the thing that's supposed to keep you on the trail, right? You're supposed to have this list of whys to keep you motivated for the days that really suck and you want to go home. But I think the whys also can be the reason to decide that you're done and and understanding at which point are you accomplishing what you set out to do and at which point are you now just hiking because the trail is an arbitrary number of miles and you have to complete it.
0: Sorry, I'm going off. I I went off script here a little bit. I I prepped you for a lot of things. And then I and then I I went off. But um, (laughs) one one last one. Um, Do you want to go back? Do you want to go back and finish it? Is that something that's on your list or do you not really? I mean, you know, there's a lot of places to hike. You know, you could you could hike a million other places and never go back and and hike the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, I you know. I don't know that I'm attached to finishing the Appalachian Trail. It's definitely not on my anytime soon to-do list. Um, I would really like to go hike the 100 Mile Wilderness and Summit Katahdin in Maine, um, just so I could have the other end of the trail experience. Um, But yeah, like you said, there's tons of places to hike. I'm really considering my next trip being a bikepacking trip (laughs) so, <laughs> I've heard a lot about bike
0: packing recently.
1: Um, I, you know, there's just a lot of things in this world to experience. And and I don't know that going back and finishing the AT is, is more important to me than lots of other awesome things that I could do.
0: Moving on to the Wonderland Trail and Alone in Wonderland, one of the key things that I noticed was the relatability of so many of the stories that you were sharing. You know, eating dinner with fellow campers around the campsite the, you know, search for independence and what that means. Did you know that those things were going to resonate so much? I mean, you know, maybe I'm just one person, but it, it felt like the way that those stories were tell- told, you can just kind of place yourself around the stove that's boiling water and eating oatmeal for dinner out on the, out on the trail and such. Um, you, you share funny stories about, you know, large groups and big families coming into, coming into campsites. And my family was definitely always that, you know, jet plane rolling in at 7 PM that, you know, making tons of noise and then banging pots and pans and kids yelling and screaming and, um, you know, trying, trying your best to be, to be quiet. But, you know, I was, I was the yelling and screaming kid. I'm, I'm really sorry to any, to any of the three hikers, uh, <laughs> But I, I just, I, I loved hearing those stories. Did you know that those, that those were going to resonate so much and, and kind of what caused you to pick those ones?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's so many things that are just like classic backpacking experiences, right? Like if you've backpacked, you know, Maybe ten nights in your life, you've probably experienced all of these things, and and yeah, it is. Either you are the big family that's making a bunch of noise, and or you're the one person who's like, wow, they're you know, they how'd they get ten people here to go backpacking together? That's my biggest thing is I always see big groups, and I'm like, how did you do that? Who are these people? Are you friends? You know each other? Like... <laughs> um, you know, and so I I look on to big families almost with like. Uh, there's like a level of annoyance, right? Where you're like, okay, I'm trying to go to sleep. And then there's also a level of jealousy where it's like, I wish I had 12 people that wanted to come backpacking with me. That's probably a fun time. I'm trying to go to
0: sleep or I might just be trying to read my book in this beautiful place. And there's, you know, some six-year-old running around with no clothes on like 15 feet from you. You know, I mean, like, it's it's just, these, Classic. Are, these are just like very, it, and you're right. Anybody who's spent more than 10 days on the trail has either been the six-year-old, been the parent <laughs> trying to control the six-year-old, or been the person trying to read their book, uh, you know, by by a beautiful alpine lake. Um the other one that resonated and I just had to, I just had to share this. Maybe, maybe the podcast doesn't care, but you shared this story about a family in, in this diner uh, that you, had. it was just you and this family and, you know, a couple of, a couple of waitresses. And I mean, the world was ending, you know, <laughs> 30, 30 feet from you at the other table. And you really just wanted to have a glass or two of orange juice and, you know, eat your food and and then get back out on the trail. And you were just kind of, you were recounting this this as you were just kind of spectating. Uh, you know what, <laughs> what was going on across the way from you, and I I was flipping back and forth at the time because I was like, wait, you know, six, four, two, my brother. Has a daughter that's six four two. Could this uh, it just if I I I could place people in these in these scenarios and it was and it was really really relatable and cool. The search for independence is a very common theme throughout this book. When how did you come to the realization that that that's what that's what you were that's the story that you were telling.
1: Mm. Hmm. I think leading up to my time on the Wonderland Trail, I had moved into a van and I was traveling the West Coast alone Um, and I was really having trouble sort of making connections as I was traveling and anyone who has been a nomad knows that it can be really easy to uh, sort of get reclusive and not make friends and just move from place to place and sort of do your own thing and I was really struggling with this idea of like wishing that I had a travel partner whether that be a friend or a romantic partner but I was just feeling super lonely and, and disconnected and honestly one of the reasons that I went to hike the Wonderland Trail is because I'd had the previous experience with the AT and I just kind of felt like that had helped me get through some stuff at the time and realize who I was and a my independence and all of these things. And, and so I thought, oh, I should get back on the trail. I think that would help me work out these like feelings that I'm having about being alone. Um, and maybe remind me of like how much joy can come from independence um, was sort of what I was hoping for. (laughs) And then I got on the wonderland trail and it was just one of those universal moments where like everything, all the doubts that I've been experiencing, all the questions I've been asking myself were being asked of me from strangers every day on the trail. And so I had been asking myself before I went out there, why am I alone? Like, where is my person? Where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? Why am I always alone? And then I had a bunch of other hikers asking me, why are you alone? Aren't you scared to be alone? Is it safe for you to be doing this alone? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I know, leave me alone. (laughs) Leave me alone. I'm trying to be alone. (laughs) But it was just like, oh, you're just asking me these questions that are so painful right now and like things that I'm really struggling with and- And then I I talked to some other hikers who were hiking alone about their experience of of independence and being alone and, and what this experience means to them. And I realized that a lot of us were feeling the same ways and that this like devastating loneliness that I was trying to sort out in myself was something that other people were experiencing and that I wasn't completely alone in my aloneness and that's one of the reasons I wanted to write my story because I just felt like people, like, I wish someone had written this story for me to read so that I knew I wasn't the only one going through this. And so I thought, I guess I have to write this story for everyone else to read so that they know they're not the only ones going through this. Nobody else is going to do it. Uh, got to... Yeah. And it was definitely like the, that battle between independence and loneliness. And this idea, especially as women, that we're supposed to be a strong, independent woman and like not need anybody to help us or do anything for us. And we're supposed to do everything for ourselves and like, you know, assert our independence in this way. And that can be a really lonely road. And like, there are limits. There's like a too far in terms of doing everything on your own. And I think in our twenties, we kind of have to figure out where that line is for us.
0: Well, and it's a, it's a challenging road. And it's one that, like you said, you would have just loved to know that you weren't the only one feeling this way. And I think that it's really, really special that now it's out there, you know, and you, and you, so my last question actually is about these relationships that, you make on the trail throughout throughout this journey you obviously run into you know dozens of people and some of them you you know spend the day hiking and taking breaks together and and kind of you know being together for a day at a time but ultimately it always kind of comes to an end and you end up alone right and and then and then you're kind of on your own for whatever whatever comes next do you keep in touch with people that you meet on the trail or, you know, are you guys exchanging phone numbers or is it like a, you know, you'll just have this kind of snapshot of this person, um, you know, in your life that from the day that you spent on the trail with them?
1: Some of both. Um, there are people from the wonderland trail that I, most of them have never talked to again. Um, one woman that I met who was one of the two cousins at like the last two days I was on the trail she and I actually ran rim to rim in the Grand Canyon together this season after I did the Wonderland Trail yeah um so we keep in touch and that was a really awesome experience that's probably something I wouldn't have done if she hadn't been like hey I'm thinking about doing Grand Canyon after this and I was like oh like call me when you do that (laughs) um and then you know I do still have a couple friends from the Appalachian Trail that I talked to um my like long time h- hiking partner. Now we met on the AT, uh, her trail name is Maybelline. Um, and we hiked the first half of the Colorado trail together just this past season, but we've also like done an East coast Maine hiking trip and a desert Southwest like Zion Bryce Candylands hiking trip. Um, and, and like that friendship, I mean, we've known each other now for seven years and we talk all the time and we talk about business things and our like day-to-day lives. And then we plan these hiking trips and, and kind of like I was talking about, like, how do you find 10 people who want to go backpacking? Like when I want to go backpacking, she's like the first person I ask, cause I know she's down, you know? That's awesome, and and
0: obviously the the solo experience is is a different one, and it's one that's maybe a little bit more about personal growth. But I I remembered a, another another moment you saw you know a group of trail runners and they came up to your camp and they or not to your camp but to the the area that you were camping and they saw how cool it was and you just saw you looked at them kind of smile at each other and high five and kind of rejoice and and you were and in the in the moment you were you were a little bit envious of that has that led you to um you know go out with people with people more when when you can
1: Um, a little bit. I did learn on the Colorado trail that I think I prefer to hike alone most of the day. It is really nice to share beautiful, beautiful places with people and to like, okay, let's like meet at this viewpoint. Um, but I like the, the experience of walking alone. Um, but I really hate camping alone (laughs) and I, it just makes me feel so much more comfortable to know that there's someone nearby that I know. And, and that's your best interest
0: in mind as well.
1: Totally. Just like watching out for each other, you know, and at the end of the day, like if a bear was going to maul us, like having to together really, <laughs> may not really protect us, but it's, you know, it's nice to know there's someone close by. And so I definitely think going forward, doing more like long hikes, I will either hike with a partner and then try and hike alone some of the day, but at least be able to camp together, or I will continue to do trails like, The at where there's people and you're never really camping alone, I never camped alone on the at.
0: Christine alone in Wonderland amazing read amazing book everybody should go buy it you're going to be able to buy it uh, here on the rerouted site as well, but uh, how about you give your give your site where, um, you know, for the time being where we're recording this on January 25th and, and, and we're not quite set up to be selling it on rerouted right this second. It will be on the, on the site moving forward, but let's make sure that we give, uh, that we give your site so that if people listen to this podcast and want to go buy it immediately, they can, they can do so.
1: Cool. Yeah. You can find it at aloneinwonderland.com. Um, that's my personal site and, you can get a signed copy there. Um, And there's also like some other blogs that I've written and podcast interviews that I've done and just like other content if you're interested. Um, And then you can follow me on Instagram at ruggedoutdoorswoman. And that's definitely my main social media, but I did make a TikTok today. So oh, maybe breaking news. <laughs> so breaking news on the Reborn
0: podcast, this is maybe going. Maybe I in. will
1: have a TikTok video up by the time you listen this, to
0: this. This is this is going to be attached <laughs> into our kind of like look forward to what's coming next week that we're going to post uh, at the end <laughs> of the week here, and it will be the breaking news about Christine Reed's TikTok. Christine, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, this was a super fun interview. I can't wait to to co-host the rest of this series with you and meet all these other amazing authors that we're going to talk to. Um, but thank you so much for for joining us. Everybody go pick up alone in Wonderland. I think that I think that anybody that that picks that book up and reads it will find something that they can that they can relate to in there. And um, I think that that's I think that that's a pretty pretty special accomplishment. So Christine, thank you so much for your time and uh, and thank you for your book.
1: Awesome. Thanks,
0: Brian. That's been the Repot It Podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if you have gear to sell, please check out the Repot the, the Rerouted app, not the Repod it app. We don't have one of those yet, but we have a super easy way for you to upload all of your gear on the rerouted app, on the Apple App Store, or the Google Play Store. Uh, if you're looking to buy gear, check us out at rerouted.co. Christine, thanks again. Thanks to everybody for listening. I hope you guys have an awesome day.